chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 is where we're going to be looking at tonight and uh, just continuing on a little bit of a series in, on prayer. And of course, this is prayer meeting night. So uh, it's, and we have a prayer time. And at the, at the end, of course, we will take a few minutes at the end. Uh, try to <clears throat> do this uh, a little bit quicker tonight because we do have a little bit of a business meeting. But, you know, the smart thing is to have it after everything's over because you want to go home, so you just agree to anything. <laughs> so uh, that's the way you make this thing happen. But uh, sure, I was glad you, you came down to Brother Barna and, and uh, Mrs. Barna and everybody that we said hi. Uh, long, long time friends uh, there. And so uh, I'm thrilled that you stopped in on us here and, and spread the word to everybody you can. We're trying our best to work on getting Sunday night kind of built up, but, you know, the next project will be Wednesday night. And, and more and more, uh, you know, people just need to understand how important it is that, that they hear. And, and uh, you know, look, uh, even if you don't think you're getting anything good on Wednesday night, just lie to them. Uh, <laughs> just tell them something, you know. But uh, we want to get more and more here on Wednesday night. And it's not to get a crowd on Wednesday night. It, it, I got way past that a long time ago, I'll be honest with you. Um, we went to do this last meeting we just went to do last Friday and Saturday. Preacher apologized probably a half dozen times that, uh, that he probably should have had 25, 30 more people there than, than he had at the, at the meeting. And I tried to explain to him, you know, I got off of that a long, long time ago. The, you know, I, God sends us, God sends the people, and, and however many there. And I preached, honestly, I preached one, one night. Uh, it was uh, a boy rode with me to the service. I was preaching for a new church, and uh, the, the preacher and his wife and his kids, I think it was three kids, that's the, that was the service. And so, uh, uh, and, and I preached for about 45 minutes, and uh, just like I normally do. And, and so, but the, the important thing of getting people is that hopefully they're going to hear something that's going to help them in their life, help them with their family, help them in their marriage, help them with their walk with God. And so, uh, I'll keep planning and uh, preparing and praying that God would direct me. And so if the, if now we've got to pray uh, both for God to send laborers and God to, to prick the hearts of people, the Holy Spirit to prick the hearts of people that they need to come. And, and I know in this generation that's just not the thing. It's, it's, to, you know, it's an amazing thing. God said to go to church more and more in this, in this day, and yet all of our churches are saying go to church less and less. And so it's, it's kind of an amazing thing. But... I want you to go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 says, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned. And have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by departing from the, thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near, that are far off and through all the countries whether thou hast driven them because of their trespass 
that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel hath transgressed thy law, even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, a servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon his, uh, Jerusalem. As is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil, and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, hast gotten thee renowned as at this day. We have sinned and we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from this, thy city Jerusalem and thy holy mountain because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, listen to this, for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hearken and do, defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Father, I pray that you bless here tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to guide my mind. And, O oh Lord, I ask you please to use me in Spirit of God. I yield myself today. And I ask you, Father, please, that somebody might be blessed and help here tonight. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to walk down through seven or eight points here real quickly. And I know that's a lot of verses, so you probably just went into overload of Bible reading. But now just think, you don't have to read any more the rest of the week probably, huh? 
But the number one that I see in this passage of Scripture, you see in verse 3, and what I see is the decision to pray. You know, nobody's going to pray until they decide to. And what I see is the decision to pray, and, and that's why I wish more people would be here because I'd love to be able to get to everybody this here on Sunday morning that what they really need is to decide now, don't delay another day, let's begin now to pray. He said in verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek my prayer and supplication. Now, that's not the whole of the verse. We're going to stop there. But notice we said, I set my face. You know, it says of Jesus that he set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem. And here it says, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication. He said, I made a decision, and I just imagine this is one of those, look, look in my face. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not turning back. It's that look, that hard look, so to speak, sometimes. It just says, you're not changing me. And if you ever played football, it's that look after somebody's popped you a couple of times and you line up across from him and you look at him eyeball to eyeball and say, you don't hit me the last time, son. You got, you're about to get popped. And that's kind of the way you got you to gotta take it with the devil. You got to decide you're going to take it to him. And that's what he does here. He says he made a decision to pray. Number two, I see the commitment to pray. If you look at the, the latter part of verse three, he said, and I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication. And look what it says, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. There's a commitment to pray. And, and folks, it's one thing to decide to pray, but now we can say, well, I'm going to pray every day. And we go out, and uh, God bless him. And I'm thrilled that, that my brother brought up, I think, a prayer request in Sunday school class the other day. And he said where he read that, that, uh, you know, somebody is putting out, you know, in Facebook or something that every night that, that, you know, everybody in America would pray. And they said for one minute. And I, and I understand whoever's doing this thinking, man, if I can just get people to pray for one minute. But, you know, folks, when you set your face to pray, when you decide to make a decision to pray, there's got to be commitment to spend some time with God. Let me help you. You don't even get the world out of your mind in, in a few minutes. You got to shut everything down and clear your head out. And, and, and it really takes some time. And look, I, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just telling you, I, this is what I struggle with for years. I struggle with going through the routine of prayer because I'm supposed to, because I'm supposed to pray. But so many times I had never got all the thoughts. You ever try to go to sleep at night and you can't shut your brain down? Okay, well, guess what? When you go to pray, a lot of times we never have shut our brain down. You say, do you shut your brain down to pray? You shut everything else out so you can hear God. And so he says, remember that the scripture says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's a prayer of commitment. Effectual fervent means strongly working prayer. The prayer that is a prayer of faith and strong in intensity and in commitment. And I'll be honest with you. You go through the Bible and you find all kinds of lengths of prayer. Some are very long. This prayer with Daniel is fairly long. Most of them, honestly, are fairly short. But this is when they uttered the words. But I think it took some time alone and in quiet before they ever uttered the words. And so there's a commitment to pray. And then number three, look at this. If it's going to be a real prayer, it's got to be a prayer of confession. 
And you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again because I feel like it's the fault, the error of, of our present-day Christianity. It's a lack of confession of sin. But if you, you, as we read through this, and I read through it for a reason, boy, it just, man, Daniel just beats it to death. He just kept saying, we've sinned. God, you did things right. We've done wrong. It's our fault, God. It's, we're not blaming you. You know, hey, it's not time to blame God. We have to face our own sin. And it's a confession. The cleansing is essential to get in touch with God. Verse 4 says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And number four is this. It's a reminder of God's promises, for God is a keeper of his promises. The issue is not God, the issue is man. And if you look, and I, and I, I fail, I believe it's at the end of verse 4. I, I didn't write it down here properly, but it says, says this, and it says, And I prayed unto the Lord my, uh, no, I'm sorry. And he said, and, I, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to him, to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. It, God says, look, I, I'm going to keep my word, will you keep yours? I'm going to keep my word, will you keep yours? And we remind God. I think it's good in prayer to remind God of prayer. Now, I don't, uh, of promises. I'm not sure exactly why, because God knows what they are. But I think it helps us when we pray, when we remind God of his promises. I think it helps build our faith. You know, in Psalm 56, it says to, in God, watch this. Read Psalm 56 sometime, what you'll see, it says, in God will I praise his word. It doesn't say I'll praise God. It says, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Can I tell you why God does that? He's saying, look, if you will praise the word of God, you know what you're going to be praising? You're going to be praising the promises of God. And you just spend some time praising the promise of God. Can I tell you what will happen? You'll start to believe them more. You spend some time reminding yourself. It's really not, we say remind God of them and tell God about them, but really we're telling ourselves that God said this. God doesn't lie. He will keep his promises. And when you praise God and praise the word of God, something happens in you. It just builds you up. You just get stronger. You just, man, you can walk out in all kinds of doubt. You praise God and praise his promises for a while. You come back pumped up inside it. Because you know God's word is true. And this is supposed to be a lesson, but I have a tough time teaching lessons. I did all these points and everything just like a teacher. And then I get to hollering at you. Now, number five, it's a prayer of admission. You say, well, I thought it was confession. It is, but it's a prayer of admission, admitting that the evil that has come upon us and our nation is our fault, not God's fault. Verse 13 says, As it is written in the law of Moses, listen to this, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. It's, it's our fault, not God's. 
It's an admission of guilt. It's not, it's a confession is, okay, I've sinned, but this admission is saying God is right and I am wrong. It is so very important that, that, we, that we do that, again, acknowledge the fact. Uh, as I was reading through this, did anybody notice a similarity with any other nation that you might be familiar with? When we were reading through this passage of Scripture, you could, you could substitute uh, America in Israel. You could substitute Washington in Jerusalem. You could just substitute it because it's going on. It, it sounds just like it was written for us today. And whose fault is it? It's ours. It's not God's fault. God made all kinds of promises if we would do right. But we're not. Now it's uh, next. If you see in this book, you see, and we're going to skip down quite a few verses, but you see it's a prayer of mercy. And I really love this. Because sometimes, you know, I, I'll get discouraged in my prayer when we're so so wicked. And I'll start to pray for our nation, and I'll say, Lord, honestly, I'm wasting my breath because you got to judge us. But Daniel saw the same thing. And here's what he said. He said, oh, my God, verse 18, oh, my God, incline thine ear and hear Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. You know what, folks, until our last breath, until the, the, the America is obliterated, we can still go to God and say, God, we don't deserve it. What we're asking for is mercy. Mercy. That's all he did. I mean, he's clearly meant, if you go through all these verses, he just, he, he just tells, we're so wrong, God, and I can't come to you because we're righteous. I can't do that. I'm going to come to you appealing to your mercy. Your mercy. Then if you look at verse 7, it says, praying for, God's, uh, said, praying for God's deliverance, not for our deliverance. Now, no, think about this. Because what he's asking, he says, I'm asking for your name to be delivered, not for us to be delivered. Look at what it says in verse 19. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not, and that's what he says, for thine own sake. Oh my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Now, I don't know the heart of Daniel, but it sure seems like right here, he's saying, God, don't do this for us. We are your people. We're hurting your name. Would you do something here for us for your name's sake? You ever dreamed of just praying and saying, Lord, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I catch myself praying for America, and here's what I'll do. I'll stop sometimes and I'll say, Lord, if we're not going to be a righteous nation, if we're not going to be a Christian nation, I don't know that you should spare us. 
You see, most of people, and I'll be honest with you, what they're looking for, even most of our, our Christians, what they're looking for is to elect someone who will make America great again financially. Who will make American, America great again and, and, pros, so they can prosper. Make America great again so they can have the good life. But listen, what good is having America if your children grow up in a land, even if it's prosperous, if they're growing up without God? America doesn't need to exist any more than any other nation needs to exist. We say, well, we got America needs to be spared. She only needs to be spared if she's going to stand for God and be a Christian nation. And he says, for your sake, God, these are people called by your name. We are the last Christian nation called by his name. We beg God and say, please, dear God, not spare America, but bring a revival to America. Now, so I said it's going to be Fairly short tonight, but now what is the result of Daniel's prayer? What is the result of Daniel's prayer? Is the nation spared? Is the nation set free? Is Daniel set free? If you read and take some time and read through the book of Daniel, even the rest of this passage, you'll find out No is the answer. The truth is, the nation and God's people will not be set free for a long time. So our first thought is, is God doesn't answer Daniel's prayer, does he? Because what we're going to find out is that it's going to be a long time, almost 500 years. So what happened? Here's Daniel, this incredible prayer. Daniel pours out his heart. He teaches us so much about prayer. But in our minds, honestly, this is a lot of times the way we feel. And maybe Daniel did. It's not answered. Because the nation's not set free. Daniel's not set free. But God does answer. Listen, what does happen is Daniel is blessed. The things that Daniel asked to happen for his nation did not happen. But look what God does. And look at verse 20. He says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. 
And listen to what he says. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Listen, folks, let me beg you. We pray and beg God and confess our sin and confess the sin of our nation. And listen, if every day we pray, it seems like we're going down a little bit further and it seems like God's not answering, God will bless you. God will come to you. Listen, God will take care of you in ways he won't take care of anybody else because you sought him. Daniel, the rest of Daniel's life up to this point, I believe this is what we see in his prayer as an example of the rest of his life. And, even, and from this point on, Daniel lives above the garbage. Because he's a man that sought God, confessed his sin, and confessed the sin of his people. A man who admitted that God was right and he was wrong. Is a man that poured his heart out broken before God. And, and God says, uh, Daniel, right now I cannot do what you ask. The people of Israel must be, be, be suffer the punishment for what they've done. And they're going to have to experience it. They went too far and the, and the judgment's already been passed. But Daniel, I'll give you skill and understanding. His prayer and submission to God and the skill and understanding God gave him. It says, verse 23, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth and I, and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. God used Daniel in an amazing way prophetically in, a, in an incredible way. He comes and he says, I'm going to not only give you a vision, I'm going to give you the understanding of that vision. And he continues to bless Daniel all through the rest of his life as he serves different wicked men uh, and kings. But Daniel is always lifted up. Daniel is always preserved. Daniel is always protected by God. And you know what I want? I want me and my family to be protected by God. And I don't know, we may have crossed the line in America and maybe it's just gone so far that God's already said it's written, it's done. But that does not mean that God won't bless a man that prays. So I beg you to learn the simple truth from Daniel's, Daniel's prayer is that God will answer and he'll give you. You tell me the way this nation's going as a Christian father, a Christian husband, what do you need more than skill and understanding? Right now, we need spiritual understanding of how to handle what's coming in this land. And God unloaded on Daniel and said, Daniel, I'm going to give you so much to understand. I'm going to tell you exactly everything that's going to take place. I'm going to tell you how it's going to take place. I just believe that God 
is a God of nations, yes, but he's, he's also a God of individuals. And God doesn't judge a man who seeks him for the sin of the nation. God expects a man that seeks him to pray for the nation, but I don't believe God judges the man that seeks him for the sin of the nation. You say, well, there's going to be a lot of people that suffer, and they will. And we all go through hardship, but I believe God will give us, if we continue to seek him, God will give wisdom, skill, and understanding through any adversity that we may face. And truthfully, that's what we need. Now, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom right now because I still believe as long as we exist and we can breathe and this nation exists, that revival could come. And we pray for a revival. Just as Daniel prayed, God, forgive us. He was one, I'm sure, to be set free, the nation to be set free, for him to be set free. And he believed it, that God could. And truth is, God could. God could bring revival to this nation. It could start tonight. It could start tomorrow. And watch this. It doesn't matter if, if the most Christian man you think is now out of the race. It doesn't matter. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. So, hopefully we can just learn from this simple truth. And that's what we need to do even tonight in our prayer time. We need to pray that God will bless our land, yes, God will heal our land, and God, we're going to admit it. It's our fault, not yours, and this is our sin. But when we get up and we hear one more thing tomorrow that it's just a little bit worse tomorrow than it is today, what we can say is, dear God, I'm still going to pray because I know that you will bless my family, me as an individual, us as a church, corporately as we pray. And I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Father, I pray that you bless Lord Jesus.